Hello, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer on God's Word. Today we'll continue in our catechesis of the book of Judges, our second part of the story of Samson. We skip, well, the narrative skips from his birth then to his being a young man, suitable for marriage, apparently. So there we go. That's where we'll jump in. Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our psalm is Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for the week. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. Our catechism is the Lord's Prayer. Introduction, Our Father who art in heaven. What does this mean? These words God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. What's the first petition? Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, heavenly Father. That would be uh, quite appropriate to Mr. Samson. Word of God is being taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, lead holy lives according to it. Oof, uh, he could have prayed, would have been nice. Uh, if it had been revealed to him to pray this sort of prayer, hallowed be your name. Uh, it does not seem that he's all that interested in hallowing God's name. All right. Yesterday we had uh, Ephesians 5, the last part of the chapter, which spoke of marriage and how our marriages, our earthly marriages between husband and wife, are given to us as pictures of uh, the eternal wedding feast of Christ to his church, right? And we talked about um, the wife being submissive to her husband and, of course, the husband serving his wife 
right? So while it's a position of headship, the headship is um, in the way of Jesus. I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So also the husband gives his life for his bride. All right. So that's a lovely picture of Christ in his church. Um, so also the rest of the household. So Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for, the, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, and doing and with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So as with marriage, so also with the rest of the household, including children, uh, the role of fathers in raising up their children in the, in the faith, um, servants or those who are in, indebted um, to masters um, to serve the master, not because uh, of fear of punishment or something like that, but as, you're, as if you were serving the Lord and uh, also masters treat your servants with respect, knowing that you actually serve the Lord as well. And uh, the status, earthly status isn't really the point in the end, is it? It's our status before God. Um, so whether slave or free, um, Jew or Greek, male or female, um, parent or child, citizen or ruler, that the ultimate status of being a baptized child of God is, is uh, what matters in the end, in the long run, regardless of where God puts us in this world. That's the first point. Um, the way that God orders creation, both with husband and wife, in children and parents, fathers teaching their children the faith. Notice it's not given um, primarily to pastors or to teachers to raise children in the faith. It's given to the father. So also um, servants and masters, not to rebel against each other, but uh, to serve one another um, or to care for one another as, as your vocation uh, demands. That is all actually given by God for the benefit of, of life and of body, uh, of well-being, of peace, of tranquility so that we can serve the Lord without fear, right, and in peace. So uh, with the slave and master relationship, you can read more about that in the book of Philemon, where you have both are Christians, uh, not originally, but by the end, you know, it's revealed that the, both uh, Philemon and Onesimus are Christians. And despite the fact that they have this kind of, what, we, what would we call it, an oppressive relationship, I guess, is what we would say today, of master and slave, um, Paul commends them both to remain in their vocation as the flesh demands, but um, but to respect each other as fellow brothers in Christ. Not easy to do, um, but but also true. Um, so both husband and wife, parents and children are all equal uh, before God in terms of their baptism of faith, um, and all but also given differently in this life, right? and that's for their benefit for their and not only for their benefit but for the benefit of the neighbor. So the the problem with um, rebelling against what God has uh, ordained, what, how he has ordered creation, is sin, well, first and foremost, but the consequence then is um, evil, death, uh, murder, theft, all sorts of, um, well, lack of virtue, right? Virtue flows out of vocation, not against vocation. All right, so 
some important things to learn there, I think, especially for us in the church. All right. And, and Mr. Sampson doesn't really live, live up to those standards, as we'll see here. Uh, and yet, somehow in Hebrews, it, he's commended for his faith. All right. And we'll, we've talked a little bit about that already. We'll talk more today. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the key uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. That's a really key phrase. We'll talk about it. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came out, came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart, as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there, for the young men used to do so. And it happened when they saw him that they brought thirty companions to be with him. Then Samson said to them, Let me pose a riddle to you. If you can solve, uh, correctly solve and explain it to me within the seven days of the feast, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothing. And they said to him, Pose your riddle that we may hear it. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now for three days they could not explain the riddle. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they had they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us, or else uh, we will burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us in order to take what is ours? Is that not so? Then Samson's wife wept on him and said, Oh, you only hate me. You do not love me. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother, so should I explain it to you? Now she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted, and it happened on the seventh day that he told her because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people, and so the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? He said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty of their men, took their apparel, and gave the changes of clothing to those who explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. That's a pretty short-lived wedding. It's going to be about seven days, right? Really, the wedding was only one day in the end, the seventh day. All right, where did Samson go? To Timnah. Timnah is, by the way, on the... uh, northern border of Judah, and there he saw a young Philistine woman, not surprising given that they were the occupying force. Um, This is an important place, Timnah. We see it also in Genesis 
38, and I think that story serves as kind of the pretext for this one. Uh, it came to pass at that time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited a certain um, Adulamite whose name was Hira, and Hira, Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua, and he married her and went into her. She conceived and bore a son. His name was Ur, conceived again, bore a son. His name was Onan. She conceived yet again and bore a son. His name was Shela, Shelah. And he was at Chizib, uh when she bore him. All right. And so then uh, the two sons refused to bear sons by way of Tamar, the wife of Ur. And then uh, Onan refuses to bear a son by Ur, by Tamar for Ur. So then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah is grown, lest he also die like his brothers. So Tamar went and dwelt in his father's house. But in the, in the uh, process of time, Shua, Judah's wife, died. Judah was comforted, went up to the sheep shearers at Timnah, he and his friend Hira the Adulamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself and sat in the open place which was on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah was grown, and she had not been given to him as his wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot, because she had covered her face. Then he turned to her by the way and said, Please let me come in to you, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. Right? So, thinking she's a prostitute. And then you have the whole rest of the story there. That all happens at Timnah. I think that's in the background here. Right? In any case, um, note in verse 1 that... Uh, when Samson saw a woman in Timnah, she, he saw her. Um, this, of course, is connecting us to the whole theme of Judges, um, that Israel did what was right in their own eyes, not in the eyes of the Lord. Right? You'll see that especially towards the end of the book, Judges 21. All right, so Samson goes to his uh, parents and says, get me, uh, you know, get her as my wife. Parents respond, uh, why? Uh, don't you know you should take from your own people or from you know all of our people, the whole one of the tribes, not from the uncircumcised Philistines. In other, in other words, those whom God had not set apart for for the him. Uh, of course, there's that command. We had it way back in Deuteronomy. Uh, we talked about it then. We talk about it here again. Don't be unequally yoked um, with unbelievers. Don't marry an unbeliever. That's the suggestion. <laughs> no, it's a command from God. Why? Don't intermarry with them because you'll get their gods too. They're false gods, especially the Canaanites. All right. Um, I still suggest that to people. I was like, no, work out your faith before you marry. And, or even if you are married and uh, now you're seeing some conflict, uh, the right answer is to come and come to a consensus about what God's word says for the sake of the marriage and for the children. All right. Um, verse four, the father and mother did not know that it was the Lord. All right. So you see, it's actually the Lord working through Samson's uh, lustful heart, lustful eyes, right? For an opportunity for Samson to get and to confront, to get victory and confront the Philistines. All right, so Samson and his father and mother go down to Timnah. Along the way, um, Samson, without his parents' knowledge apparently, um, come up against a young lion roaring against him. And si- Samson tears him apart with his bare hands. That's going to come back later. We're going to find out about his great strength, right? Um, but here it said, why, verse 6, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, right, in power. All right, when we get to Timnah, um, Samson talks with the woman, right? And she pleases him. Well, she looked good. Now she apparently sounds good too. All right. uh, when Samson then returns to Timnah after some time, there is that carcass again, but now it's swarming with bees and honey. And so he scoops it out with his hands and eats it. Also gives it to his parents to eat. 
right? This is probably after the, uh, uh, what we would call the mm, engagement period, right? And now it's time for the wedding. All right, now, of course, as we talked about yesterday, um, Samson was to be set apart as a Nazarite, and also his mother was to um, to do the same, right? To not uh, eat of the unclean, or go near a carcass, or drink uh, wine, all right? Nazarite, the Nazarite vow. Um, so then the honey was also not permissible because it would be unclean. That would actually be true for all Israel, for any Israelite, not just for a Nazarite. All right? I mean, every, you don't touch an unclean animal or anything that's come in contact with unclean, with an animal, because then it is unclean. All right. So time for the wedding. Um, and so the parents offer the feast, right? Samson does. Father, father and mother go with. And uh, he was given 30 Phil- Philistine companions you know, if you want to say uh, groomsmen, right, for the wedding. And uh, there's probably some wine involved, but it doesn't say that. Uh, Samson makes a wager with them that if uh, they can explain a riddle, he will give them 30, you know, each get a, a new set of linens and a new set of clothes. Uh, and, or if they cannot, then he will, they will have to give him um, new linen and new clothing, one for each, so 30 total, right? And they have seven days for that. The riddle being, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Of course, we already know because we've been reading the story, uh, but they don't. All right, now for three days, they could not explain the riddle. All right, what did they try on the fourth? Here it says seventh, but New King James, I think, well, it just doesn't fit with the narrative. On the fourth day, after three days, on the fourth day, they come to his wife and threaten to burn both her and her father's house with fire (laughs) if she didn't explain the riddle to her. To, so she, now she's got to press him hard for this. Uh, of course, he responds, I've not even told my uh, my mother and father, right? Yeah, look at that. I, you hate me. You don't love me. I've not even told my parents. Oh, in any case, yeah. And uh, she cried for the whole rest of the time. So in the next uh, would be four days, right? Or three days until he told her on the seventh day. Explain, And then she, of course, explains the riddle to her people. And uh, the meaning of the riddle, of course, is that... Uh, what is sweeter but honey and stronger than but the lion, right? The strong eater was the lion, the sweet thing was the honey. Of course, then what accusation does Samson bring against his companions? This is quite the expression. Should save this one. Uh, probably not wise to use it around your wife, but here it is. If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would have not solved my riddle. In other words, interfered with, with my wife to get the secret. Referring to her as your heifer. Anyway, uh, what did he do? All right, he's going to keep his vow, uh, but he's going to get his thirty pieces, his thirty clothes of silver for the companions by uh, killing the thirty Philistines in Ashkelon, the capital, and stripping them of their clothing. Oof. So, uh, where did Samson then go once he paid off the wager? Back to his father's house, and actually uh, divorced his wife right there. Gave him to his companion who had attended him at the wedding. The best man. Jeez. What a story. Samson, not the, the most uh, virtuous, upstanding man, not living according to the word of God, which gives uh, a different sort of order, even if um, he entered into this marriage and lost and was unequally yoked, um, what God joins together, let man not separate. Samson doesn't apparently know that word from Genesis. All right. Like Judah before him, Samson relied on what he saw instead of what he had been told by the Lord. The killing of the lion by the vineyard reminds us of the lion of Judah, who would come and rescue the people of his vineyard from that roaring lion, the devil. Samson violated the Nazarite regulations by touching and eating from the carcass. Yet, 
he was also the chosen instrument of God. So our Lord, through his death and resurrection, would come to make clean what was once unclean. Out of the strong man, death, our Lord, that great lion of Judah, offers the sweet food of his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. The Holy Spirit used this man of sin to bring judgment upon the enemies of Israel. On the fourth day, when Samson should have trusted in the gospel promise of the father's love spoken to Judah, he listened instead to his wife's cry for love. The thirty garments point to the clothing of baptism when our Lord fully clothes us in the wedding garments of the blessed Trinity. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Yep, the bridegroom soon will call us. Uh, Yep, we can sing, um, how about the first and third stanza today? Absolve your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism, we became your dear children, and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and for Jesus' sake have made to us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, 
for the sick and dying. Also pray for all the households of our church, especially Dan, Ray and Susie, Jerome, Gary and Julie, Stephen and Jackie, Norm and Sandy. Pray in thanksgiving for the baptism of Jackson, for our catechumens, for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Walt, and Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, and Owen, Wendell, Jolene, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of LCMS World Relief and Human Care. No, that's not our mission of the month. Don would be here to correct us for that. Um, I think it's a place of refuge, if I remember correct. Yep, place of refuge is our mission for December. And we also continue to pray for the family and friends of Marian as they grieve her death. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation in prayer for today, Friday, December 1st, 2023. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Uh, Even hearing how the Lord can work, um, even through the suffering and death, or excuse me, well, yes, through suffering and death, even through misery um, and through almost what is idolatry, but it's certainly adultery or lustful eyes of Samson, even use that and to bring about the judgment against the Philistines, which is really the story of Samson, isn't it? Hmm. All right. So uh, tomorrow uh, we'll gather, well, uh, we'll have prayer here at 9, although I think a few of you will be working on decorating the church at that time. Uh, That's fine. If you can't join us live, you can listen or watch later in the day. Um, So tomorrow at 9 a.m. we'll have uh, preparation for Sunday's uh, readings, being the first Sunday in Advent. So we'll get in the mood, I suppose. Uh, But the difference between the end of the church here and Advent is uh, somewhat nuanced. So uh, it'll be transitioning into the same sort of themes we've been hearing. All right, so God be with you all, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org that's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today.